You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, welcome back. It's Minor Talk. I'm Adrian Bradas, Cisal Montes. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency with seven locations across El Paso from the west side of Fabens. Trust the Oscar Arieta Agency with your home, auto, or life insurance. That's what I do. I bundled and saved Oscar Arieta Agency. I had auto insurance since I was in college with Oscar Arieta. And then I just bought a home recently, so I added on that home insurance, and uh, that's exactly what I'm doing, bundling and saving with the Oscar Addy at the agency. And they make things easy. They've got agents all across El Paso from the west side to Fabens, seven locations to help you out. You can just call them at 915-400-6000, and they'll take care of any problems that you have. Uh, that's why I trust the Oscar Addy at the agency, who is the official insurance agent of the UTEP Miners. I'm along. I'm uh, joined by Sal Montes here at our Lubingo studio. 600 ESPN El Paso is where we live on social media on Twitter right now, which is live after our Twitter space abbreviated edition. We hopped on the Minor Talk post game show, and now it's time for the real edition of Minor Talk. Sal, what's going on, man? What you think of this one? Oklahoma beating UTEP 45 13. You know what? Uh, I think it went as expected. The best case scenario happened today, which was get out of there, not as banged up as uh, you normally would. I know there's a a status out there that we're not certain yet, but um, all of that aside, though, the Miners able to show some flashes of what they can bring to the table, which is what I think people wanted to see from this team. So too, uh, Sal. One of my things that I took away from this game is I thought they were going to get uh, blown away, man. First quarter, twenty-one nothing. Miners struggling out of the gate uh, and just to generate anything and to stop the Sooners as well. They just had nothing going right for them whatsoever. And then they kind of flipped the script in the second quarter. I thought that UTEP was able to actually pick apart Oklahoma's defense. I liked the passing game from Gavin Hardison in the second quarter. Uh, my only knock in the second quarter is finish that drive near the second half. They were down, remember, just 21-10, 11-point game in the second quarter. A lot of time left. Miners had the ball all the way uh, inside Oklahoma territory, and they failed to even get three points. So that that's my knock yeah. against the Miners. It's the same thing as last week, right? It's finishing drives, executing on offense, being mm-hmm. efficient when it comes to scoring uh, in when you're in the opposing team's territory. Those are the big things that I want to look at for the Miners, and I'm asking them to do moving forward. Yeah, you're absolutely right because that's crunch time. That's clutch time. You know, when the margin for error is so slim, you can't continue to – uh, keep on making mistakes, or not even that, just taking full advantage of the situation. And I'm pretty sure if you ask a lot of people, hey, the Miners have a chance to score a clutch touchdown, there's under a minute left to close the half or, or to end the game, do you feel confident that they can get it done? And time and time again, they, they don't really get those touchdowns that the people are asking for. And it's been a problem for a while, too. It has. It's been a problem that you can look at all the way for last season. The the Miners, first off, they struggled to run the ball, but they struggled to score when it comes to red zone offense. And then on defense, you just got to get off on third down plays. I, I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Uh, that's the biggest thing when it comes to this defense. I think we're getting an interesting part about this game, Sal, and, and real quick, uh, just want to give our number, 915-505-6009, as we continue here on Minor Talk. If you'd like to chime in, UTEP, Oklahoma, again, 45-13 loss for the Miners. They dropped to 0-2 heading into next week, Battle of I-10. The thing that I look at this UTEP defense, um, they they – they just need to try to get off on third down. I get it. It's ninth-ranked Oklahoma. They're real excited to debut in front of their sold-out crowd, which is 86,000-plus. I get it. It's a hostile environment for these UTEP football players to be a part of. And last week, I thought they looked tight. I thought they looked stiff at times. This week, I felt like UTEP played with really nothing to lose in the second quarter on. And if they had just played that way in the first quarter, I think this game would have looked a little bit more respectable. That first quarter really just got away from the Miners, and uh, that was what really hurt them in this game. No, it, it really was, especially because you got to see what happened after that. You know, And, and it's not like the game was already uh, over at that point. It was leaning that way, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, in the second quarter, the Miners could have just laid flat. But, no, they responded with the touchdown. And then also, too, there was a part where um, they even got a stop not long after that as well and a chance to get uh, themselves you know, back into it. But to show that kind of a glimpse, 
is what's keeping people hanging around, you know, like, hey, they can be this. They, they, they can, you know, put up some efficient football, but uh, we just haven't seen it more times than not. Yeah, we, we definitely have. And, and I think that, um, okay, going, let, let's go through this game a little yeah. bit. So Dylan Gabriel, standout quarterback for Oklahoma, he led the Sooner offense to a quick under-two-minute drive that was just five plays, 75, yard, 75 yards, capped off by a 12-yard rushing touchdown. The following drive, they go 93 yards down the field. Again, less than two-minute drive, one minute, 48 seconds, and they score right away. They're up 14-0 with nine minutes to go in the first quarter. Then Gavin Freeman had a 46-yard rushing touchdown for the Sooners, just a two-play, 55-yard drive for the Sooners that lasted 30 seconds. So you're talking about all together, Sal, two drives lasting less than four, I'm sorry, three touchdown drives lasting less than four minutes all together. I mean, that's clock management right there for the Sooners. Yeah. They came out um, you know, firing on all cylinders and it wasn't until the second quarter where the defense buckled down and actually uh, you know, they, they forced Oklahoma into these three and outs that actually helped them out. But the first quarter, the Miners looked absolutely rattled. Yeah, and you know, you could pretty much say that's the sole reason for why they lost this game, aside from it being Oklahoma, right? But once you got into a hole that big, it was going to be impossible to get out of, especially when you're on the road and you're playing against a team like Oklahoma in an environment that hostile. But the way that they responded in the second quarter uh, was reason enough to to give them some credit today. You know what I mean? So I I I agree. I don't want to throw this whole game away because uh, what can you really take away from it? However, with that first quarter performance and then responding in the second quarter, it shows that they're aware that they can at least, um, you know, make some changes. 915-505-6009 as we continue here on Minor Talk. If you'd like to get in, 915-505-6009 as we get started here on the show. Pros from today, Gavin Hardison looked much better at quarterback than last week. I mean, he, he completed just 44% of his passes last week. This week, uh, this, this week he flirted with, um, you know, upward of 70% completion. He finished around 60%. And uh, that's exactly the the kind of game that you wanted from Hardison versus last week, Sal, where he was just, yeah. he was playing like he needed. It was like out of desperation. He needed to, had, he had a lot of desperation passes and wanted to make all these big throws. This week, he looked a lot better. Quick releases, short plat passes that just chipped at the Oklahoma offense, and he understood what, what needed to be done. Yeah, and two things I take away uh, from Hardison today is, uh, you know, obviously he played with a better sense of um, halfway this, uh, better sense of awareness. Sure. Because of the throws that he made, they were far better. Don't get me wrong. I However, agree. the other half of the awareness is something that he continued to do today. As he showed last week and in previous games from previous years, you got to get rid of that ball at times. You know, there, there were about three sacks that Oklahoma got today, maybe four, just off of the fact that he was holding on to the ball a, a bit longer than he should have. Yeah, I'm with you on that because those are the nine sacks right there that Oklahoma yeah. capitalized on. And I know one of those was Calvin Brownholtz, but still, I mean, you're talking about nine hurries by the Oklahoma defense, nine uh, sacks by the Oklahoma defense as well. That can't happen. And I don't know if it's an offensive line thing. I think that's the case for some points. But at the other point, Sal, it's yeah. just Hardison, get get rid of the ball. Throw it away if you mm-hmm. have to. And he did do that. He threw the ball away at times in this game. But he has to be better at that. He has to be uh, quick to make those kind of decisions. Because let's be honest, if he holds on to some of those, those are actual like hits that could end up yeah. being fumbles in the, in the future. Exactly. And, and what this also kind of ties into is them not being able to score before a half. He, he took a sack right beh- right before the uh, the end of the first half, and the clock was able to run out. If he's a little bit more aware and he could get that ball out of bounds, hey, you have a chance for either a long field goal or, or a Hail Mary out in the end zone to, to get a potential touchdown. So I think it's those things that he has to brush up because he's been starting for UTEP for a while, and, uh, you know, it, you got to expect better than that. We're presented by the Oscar Arietta Agency with seven locations across El Paso. The Oscar Arietta Agency brings minor talk after every single UTEP football game, and we appreciate them. Wow, Sal, there is a lot of fireworks going on in the Alamo Dome right now between the UTSA Roadrunners and the Houston Cougars. This is now triple overtime right now, and Houston, I think they just scored. So now in triple overtime, it it gets to the point where you have to uh, go for a two-point conversion. 
it just mm-hmm. goes back and forth like that. Uh, Houston just converted there, so they're up 37-35. UTSA, they have a chance now to, to tie the game up. But what a game, Sal. I mean, this one, we're talking about Conference USA yeah. action. This one has gone back and forth. UTSA <laughs> should have had this game in the bag. Houston came back in yeah. this one. Oh man, what a roller coaster! You know what? It's been an absolute um, highlight reel of a game. Seriously, when you look at all the touchdowns here, obviously they're big plays, but when you look at the style of it, you're amazed. But just at the points that these um, these touchdowns were made, a lot of them seems like it's a, it's it's been crucial crunch uh, crunch time clutch touchdowns. And with Houston, they they had this guy. Um, I don't know the receiver's name, but it was a one handed touchdown catch. However, he knew he couldn't grab it with his hand. So he tapped it to himself before he was falling out of bounds. That's just a small glimpse of it. Frank Harris running all over the Cougars is another highlight as well. And these are the these are the regular time uh, touchdowns. These aren't the overtime scores. So what a fun game, man! Oh man, it's game final. Houston wins thirty seven thirty five. Frank Harris's pass on a play action play is uh, no, it's incomplete. It sails over the receiver's head, and uh, yeah, he had a guy wide open. Cell. Oh, oh man. man. Oh, this is a tough one right there. And UTSA, they uh, they now fall to 0-1 on the season. Uh, he definitely, oh, he had his Man. target. It was just pressured you, heavily, Sal. You, you know what the tough part is? And uh, we'll get to Ed on the line right now. He's on line one. But uh, the tough part is when you're looking at schools who have a chance to get an upset or, or a win over a, a Power 5 school, it just hasn't come to fruition today, Adrian. East Carolina dropped it against NC State, oh. who's ranked 12th. That game was close. Um, that the end of the How about game the Appalachian State, State game? And, uh, North Carolina, that was a good one as well. Oh, man, speaking of wide open, he almost had that play. And then you look at today, the uh, the Roadrunners just falling short against the 24th-ranked Cougars. Can North Texas break the spell and do it against uh, SMU today? Hey, there you go, Sal. I like that. SMU right now driving. They have the ball at their own 37-yard line. First drive of the game, CBS Sports Network. I'll be tuning into that one later tonight for sure. Let's go to Ed, who's joining us on the phone lines. Our telephone number, 915 Five six zero zero nine. As we continue, Ed. Good afternoon. What's going on, my man? How are ya, Ed? What'd you think of this game? You know, you know the way I am. I'm always positive, and I'm gonna stay positive. I'm I'm the ultimate optimist. So here's the way I see it. Are you ready? Okay, go for it. Okay, first of all, I thought that we did a good job of moving the ball. We moved the ball. Um, that's not an issue. And I like uh, I like Jeremiah Ballard. I thought he did really good. I hope Ray Flores is okay. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't real pressed with the running game, but you know what? Something had to give. I still, I'm still freaking out on why we don't have the running back coming out of the backfield and catching. I'm still freaking out on why we're not using our tight end. I'm still freaking out on why we're not doing screens. I'm still freaking out on why we're not. We didn't throw the ball deep, okay? That's what, Why couldn't we throw the ball at least one deep? I mean, it's, it's all our receivers have speed. They do have speed, and there were some good catches. Um, I thought in the second quarter when we were down 24-10 and we had the ball on the 40-yard line, I thought that was a great opportunity. We had just come back from a big drive, and we had scored a touchdown, and we got the ball back, and I said, this is a great opportunity to get down to seven, and we screwed up. And Big sack at that, that play. Third down, big sack. Gavin Hardison takes the team out of field goal uh, position right there. And, and I'll tell you another thing about Gavin Hardison. He's holding the ball way too long, and then when he scrambles, he panics, and he's not showing patience. Because he's got people open, but he's always throwing the ball into, like, double or triple coverage. I saw that a lot. But basically, he's holding the ball way too long. But you know what I was thinking? What about those little dump plays where we had the running back scooting off to the side and hitting the running back or even some screen plays to open up the middle? I mean, I still think our offense is very, very limited. But overall, I was impressed. I was. I thought they played a lot more, better than the bit they played last week, and they seemed to relax. And but the biggest thing for me is UTEP can move the ball. They can move the ball on anybody, and that's my point. 
So. Okay. All right, Ed. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the phone call. Thanks for weighing in. Uh, I, I understand what you're saying there, Ed. Uh, and I liked, look, I like the variety that the UTEP passing game um, displayed today as far as all the receivers they used. I think the issues that you point out are some, some of the issues that I'm seeing as well. Number one, I, I just don't trust this team when it comes to and and I'd love to hear from you on this one, Sal. But I just don't trust this team when it comes to the right play calling in certain positions. And I just didn't like the play calls when UTEP, you know, that drive that Ed referenced when UTEP drove all the way to the Oklahoma forty yard line and just could not, um, you know, get anything going. And those are the times when it's the most important drives for you when you can actually make this a game. And instead, UTEP failed on that drive. Yeah, because it's the same song and dance that we've been seeing for some years, and the the, the lack of creativity um, has kind of doomed them at times. I mean, yeah, they had a really flashy touchdown against Fresno State, right, in the bowl game. Right. But that threw everybody by surprise because nobody expects the Miners to do that. That's (laughs) what you got to do to whoever you're playing against. I mean, it's easier said than done because, you know, when gaps are being filled and, and you're not able to really move the ball on the ground, hence tonight or this afternoon. Correct. Um, It it really just depends on how this team is going to learn from these previous experiences, but are people hopeful that it can change? Yeah, that's a big question. I definitely have that question as well. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009, as we continue here on Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. We'll get to our specs play of the game later on tonight, and uh, we'll also give you our drive of the game presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. But first, let's go to Ronnie, who's joining us on the phone lines. Ronnie, good evening. What would you see from this one? Oklahoma beats UTEP 45-13. Did you think it was at least a little bit better than North Texas? Uh, No, I, I didn't, to be honest. Well, really? You. Really? It was a step I, back I, from North Texas. I wouldn't say it's a step back, but, you know, I would say it's, it's right around the same thing. Um, two things I noticed with this. Um, Hardison's slinging the ball, you know, 42 times. I think so he's at 100 attempts. With like almost 600 yards, we only got one touchdown on the season. Like so, to me, that that sounds you know that doesn't sound like QB one. That sounds like GM one. That GM stands for game manager, which is what Joe Flacco was. So you need to put a great defense by him and a great run game, or else he's going to get you nowhere. He's going to move the sticks a little bit. But he's not going to move the needle that leads to wins. Um, and that's the that's the problem here. Like he's throwing the ball. His stats look good, but not punching the end zone. If you're not scoring points, then you get to over 300 yards all you want. Won't matter if you're still only averaging 13 points a game. Going to be hard today. Well, well, Ronnie, real quick, real quick. I I just want to ask you this because I think you're you're hitting all the same things that that we were uh, saying for this minor team that they need to score the ball when they actually have the uh, the the option to do so. But here's here's my question to you: Is it the play calling or is it Hardison? I'm going to tell you something, and I was I was going to get to that too. I think it's both, and here's what I mean by that. Hardison and Dimmel are just way too close. Like, if you think about it, because he's calling the plays, Dimmel's always in his ear, right? And sometimes, you know, you have a staff of coaches for a reason, so you can get the best out of players and deal with players. Somebody can be good cop, bad cop, but Dimmel is dealing with him every single time the offense is out there. He's hearing Dimmel's voice. He's not going to an old coordinator or coordinator. Like, he's hearing Dimmel because he has to get the play. You know what I mean? It's like there's, there's no separation. And so Hardison is consistently having Dimmel in his ear. And I don't think that that's doing Hardison any good. But at the same time, I think that Demo is so um, animated about calling plays and being on top of Hardison because he knows that I just can't let him loose. Like, I cannot give him that step, you know what I mean, of freedom that most quarterbacks have because if I do it, you know, he he just has that, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre mentality where he just wants to gunsling, and that just doesn't always – bode well for him and so I, I i think the two are actually connected very closely wow very closely. okay so it's kind of like uh with one comes the other with the play calling yeah. comes the bad decisions by gavin gavin hardison exactly. at least in your eyes so okay so what's yeah. the solution there because I, I mean of course the bigger picture solution for you is that these these two are not the answer for success for the miners but what's the short-term solution like how do these guys turn it around what does hardison need to do what does dimmel need to do to have success offensively and actually finish drives because they haven't answered that in the first two games so far uh in the short term i think they gotta i think they gotta probably do more screen passes whether that be wide receiver or running back screens you know the backs you know it struggled to get the run game going but the problem with that is right now you know who the miners look like it looks like the look like the detroit lions under matt patricia 
zero <laughs> run game, bad defense, and they're hoping that you know Stafford will just go out there and throw it like crazy around the yard. But that's not going to win your games, man. Like uh, you can't be really good in one phase of football and think you're going to win games. You got to have some type of progression and improvement. So I would say in the short term, they got to call more screen classes to get the run game going a little bit more. Whether you generate it from a traditional handoff or something behind the backfield, so teams can kind of at least be you know, uh, not stacking the box so heavy and taking the run away. And I think that they got to really probably – I don't like Hardison throwing the ball 40-plus times a game. I, I just – like, we haven't seen the results these first two games. He's throwing 100 attempts, and he's got one touchdown. So, I think you need to reel that in a little bit, man, and you got to make some of those passes either shorter or you got to just take 10 less passing attempts away from him and divide it up between – Hankerson and some of those other guys just hand it off and give it to him because this doesn't make sense right now that he's throwing the ball that much with so little success. If I let you throw the ball 40-plus times in a college game, that means you should be an at least elite quarterback in your conference. But we're not seeing that. His first two opponents threw the ball way less than him and had way more success. And that's the point that I'm making because those teams were more balanced. Those teams gave yep. the defense more to think about. Right now, Demo's not able to come up with creative stuff to keep the running backs involved. Hardest is not able to finish drives and finish plays that lead to uh, touchdowns with six points on the board. In your um, in your eyes, does UTEP roll over Nor- uh, New Mexico State next week? Uh, what's what's the definition of roll over? Two touchdowns or more? Is that yeah, what you're saying I, it is? I, I don't even know. I mean, what is a twenty to like seven game a rollover? I don't know. I mean, is it decided by halftime or the third quarter? Yeah, good good point, Sal. I like that. I think it'll be. I think it'll go into the third quarter. Here's why. Oh um, man, Jer- Jerry Kill understands it. When you have a bad team, forget trying to score the ball. Just limit how many punches you take to the face. When you're teaching a boxer to fight, the first thing you got to do is keep his hands up. And so I think the New Mexico State will play more keen defense than they'll try to. They're not going to try to go out there and get in a shootout with uh, UTEP. But they're going to understand that hey, we got to make Hardison beat us. And right now, like I said, the kid's got 600 pass yards, 100 attempts, and he hasn't beat anybody except one time. So I'm going to say it's going to go into the third quarter just because you got a brilliant offensive guru like Jerry Killen there who understands let's play defense. Let's limit what they you know can do to us. Good job, Ronnie. Hey, appreciate it, man. I, I really like this phone call. It wasn't as destructive as last week. I think you, you, you solved a lot of things for minor fans today. So good stuff. I appreciate it. No problem. All right, that's Ronnie joining us on the phone lines. Your thoughts, Sal? You, you know what? He brought up a really good point because he's saying that Artisan could have some good stats, but it's all about scoring the touchdowns. And it's then, like good stats, bad team it, guy. It, in a way, yeah. But the, but what I'm thinking of, too, is like just the offense in general as a whole. Sure. You know, the running game is not going. So how many rushing touchdowns are they having? Yeah, they had one today, but they didn't have one last week. Yeah, they had a pass touchdown last week, but they didn't have one today. So it's, it's kind of like a balance. But unfortunately – both teams, uh, both sides, rather, of, uh, of that offense, the pass game and the run game, just hasn't come to fruition. And also, too, a lot of people weren't confident in the offense to go out there and close the game out. If the defense was on the field, they felt better. Oh, yes. If it's the defense winning you a 19-3 game like they did last year against yeah. La Tech, that's the way that UTEP wants to win these games, uh, not having to rely on their offense to uh, you know, try to exactly. compete in a shootout. But their defense isn't there right now. We'll talk a little bit more about this UTEP football game. They fall to Oklahoma 45-13. Minor Talk continues. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. More with Minor Talk, more phone calls at 915-505-6009 as we continue. All right, welcome back. It's Minor Talk. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Adrian brought us here along with Sal Montes. A little Sal Mo playing in the background for us as well. Yeah, and uh, I know this is a throwback. i got to make some more for sure. I have a couple in the vault. Just got to. Oh, man, you got a lot. You got a lot in the vault. I've heard it. I've heard it. (laughs) So I like it. I'll put some more stuff up. We're good, though. We're we're definitely good. Now that we got some Sal Mo uh, welcoming us back here on Minor Talk, check out Spotify. Yeah, you know what? Apple Music. Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. Uh, but really quickly, too, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Duke Keith. He, he did a cool I little montage, this. and uh, he asked me if he could use my song. I'm like, of course, Duke. Uh, but it, it was uh, kind of a, a, a thing with the EP Locomotive FC and uh, New Mexico United, I believe is what they're called. Who That's knows, right. Who knows of that team, right? I'm just kidding. No, but uh, the rivalry is strong, and uh, Locomotive FC got a big win yesterday. So, uh, yeah, it was cool to be part of that. Thank you, Duke. You're the best. Duke is the best, and he uh, put this put your music behind Lucho Solanex game-winning shot. 
And uh, love the fact that he shouted you out as well. Hey, let's go to Twitter. Speaking of Twitter right now, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Pinky checks in. Got to win next week. That's it. Hashtag minor talk. I mean, I, th- I think a lot of people feel the same way for UTEP going into next week. All they have to do is win next week. All the thoughts, all the focus is all on New Mexico State and how the Miners will fare. Uh, that's a huge, huge game for them. And remember, New Mexico State lost uh, 38-0 against Minnesota. They are also uh, 0-2 on the season. They fell to Nevada 23-12. to That was last Saturday. So let's see what the Miners can do this, uh, th- uh, this weekend, uh, this upcoming weekend Saturday September 10th against New Mexico State in the Battle of I-10 that is a must must win for UTEP football Uh, we'll get into that game we'll preview that game a little later but let's continue on Twitter right now this coming in from King Eric I read this on spaces Uh, I'll read this again here on air I give UTEP a C to a C plus the third down offense really carried this team Hardison took too many sacks or he just didn't throw the ball away but other than that it could have been way worse take out your frustration these next two weeks and uh, that's coming from King Eric at 17 King Eric on Twitter also checking in is Bryce Chauvin screen passes next week to the running backs that's what he wants that's the third time Ed said it Ronnie said it and now we're getting it from Bryce he's saying it as well screen passes that's what a lot of fans are wanting Sal yeah uh, because it's something different (laughs) it's a lot of same right (laughs) yeah I I mean it's it's crazy but at the same time too you want to see some more creativity but also to I don't want to give too too much credit I'm not saying this is why it didn't happen in the game, but in this sense, when you know you're going to go out there and your goal is to get out of there healthy and collect the money, you want to come back not providing much on film for a game that can be a lot closer, for a team that you have a better chance of beating. So how much of themselves did they want to reveal today? That's not why they lost the way that they did, don't get me wrong, but um, I have a feeling that some of it, some of that lack of creativity um, that was displayed, so to speak, was because they didn't want to show too, too much. That's very true. It's very vanilla offense, and same with yeah. the defense. You, you want to talk vanilla. How about Oklahoma's uh, defense? They were like in a cover two for the whole game. They were not playing <laughs> aggressive whatsoever. That's why Gavin Hardison actually completed those passes. They were trying to show different blitzes, uh, and I think that's what Oklahoma was practicing. But And, hey, very successful practicing against the Miners. Nine sacks against UTEP in this game, in this victory. So uh, most definitely. We'll continue here on Miner Talk 600 ESPN El Paso. We've got phone lines available if you'd like to voice your thoughts after Oklahoma beats UTEP 45-13. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009. This coming in from Brandon Vaughn on Twitter at bcvaughn019. And he tweets us, three sacks could have been prevented. Should have just thrown it away instead of making a play. Could have been huge going into half down 15 instead of 18 and getting the ball to start the second half. I'm with you completely, Brandon. Um, the Miners definitely faltered in, in that second, late in the second quarter. And uh, again, backs against the wall when you're trying to rely on this defense. That's when you just can't. Um, you you just can't. Bottom line, you can't rely on this offense because while you can rely on the defense at times. Again, at times, uh, this offense is just way too unreliable. Uh, David Ramos checks in. Center Andrew Mayer has had multiple bad snaps in the past two games. Not what I would expect from a three-year starter. Hopefully gets it under control again. That's coming from David Ramos. I agree completely, David. What happened? Andrew Mayer is like one of the best centers in all of Conference USA, and we see uh, we saw a lot of low snaps last week in in today's game. I could count it on it was more than one hand that I could count on for uh, the amount of bad snaps that we saw from David Ramos. Um, this coming in from Brandon Vaughn, he checks back in with us on Twitter. It is great to see the Miners move the ball against a top ten team, but at some point, if they're going to win games, they have to start finishing drives. Hopefully, a home game against New. Mexico State will be the antidote. Good point there. I, I agree with you completely, Brandon. Uh, they've got to finish drives. They've got to have more success when they enter enemy territory. And uh, for the miners' sake, hopefully that will uh, help you know improve in the Battle of I-10 next week. This coming in from Shannon Sharpie. Uh, you lose if you drop passes. How many passes they have dropped today, Sal? I would say, oh, like, what, man. three or four at least minimum? Yeah, and some of them would have uh, – there wasn't a way that Oklahoma 
let's just say they didn't drop him because of Oklahoma. Right. You, I'm you with you on I mean? that. And, yeah, it was in Oklahoma's and, doing. And those were the those are the small things that the miners need to take care of. Not only if they want to win games, uh, but win consistently too. You know, there, there's a lot of third and longs, and why right, is that? Right. Because there's drop passes on first down where you can set up a second and short, and then you can run the ball like you really want to. You know what I mean? These drops are really, really uh, hurting this offense at various points in the game, and it's it's a problem that definitely has to get polished up, man. Yeah, it definitely does. I'm with you. And, and simple, man. This is simple yeah. stuff. This is like going back to Dana Dimmel's first year where they had a lot of drop passes, and I, I would definitely is say the that... the same football or what? Yeah, man? what's going on, man? I, this offense, I thought they progressed a lot more. Um, this one coming in from uh, Christopher Carrillo after the game. I'll be honest, guys, the Miners played better against Oklahoma. They didn't give up, uh, but against North Texas, they threw in the towel i must say next week against nmsu is a must win hashtag minor talk no doubt man they yeah. go imagine they go to an albuquerque zero and three i don't think minor fans uh. even want to think about that losing in the battle of i-10 to a oh let's be honest an inferior team right now at least on paper in new mexico state that team i, I watched them against minnesota uh while they have flashes here and there mm-hmm. uh, to you know have me agree that this team will put it all together for four quarters and actually win a game. Uh, that's asking a lot from New Mexico State, at least in my opinion. Now, I think they're going to try to play spoiler against the the Miners. Uh, this could kickstart the season on either side, right, Sal? Because yeah. if it's New Mexico State pulling off a crazy upset, that would give them confidence going into any of these games moving forward to try to get wins. On the flip side with the Miners, they need some kind of confidence just to to begin with in general. Yeah. So they, they're really looking at this game as something that could try to kickstart their season, try to get back-to-back wins against both teams out of New Mexico, mm-hmm. and then maybe try to compete against Boise State at home in their final game of uh, non-conference play. Well, well, check this out, Adrian. The next four games, the Miners have a chance for a three-and-one record, right? Right. And, right. and, and three-and-one, uh, or to get to three-and-one after an zero-and-two start. That would be huge for this minor team. And then with Conference USA play opening up uh, right after the game of Charlotte, even though it is a conference game, you you, you start your conference play uh, or your second conference game. It's weird because North Texas was the first one at home. But long story short, though, you know what I mean. They're able to kick off the rest of their conference play in the Sun Bowl where things are a bit more manageable now after you can potentially go uh, 3-1 and after starting 0-2. So it's, it's crucial that they get this win against New Mexico State. But each game as they go on, they're going to have that same weight of importance. So it's really it's gut check time so early in the season. Let's keep it going on Twitter. A lot of tweets to still get to. Uh, this coming in from Adrian at EnemyWin3. Wanted to watch the game, but I couldn't miss the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert. Best show I've ever seen. Hashtag Minor Talk. Good for you, Adrian. I'm happy that you did that. Another Adrian. This Adrian M. A lot of Adrians today. I like the fight in UTEP. That was the number nine team in the land. I want to see them use the running and tight ends in the pass game. Take what they give you. James Tupo, 24 yards. That's what happens when you use and you take what they give you. Use the fullback, running backs, and tight mm-hmm. ends. That's coming from Adrian. What did you think about the fullback's performance, Sal? Uh, you know what? I-, I liked it, especially at that point in the game. You know, you want to give something uh that you could build off of. And that drive was really impressive to close out the game, if we're being honest, Adrian. The the bad part is is that there was an interception to cap things off, but they had a chance to get a touchdown. And, and you know how before the game on the uh, the Twitter space that we had, we were talking about what is considered a victory for the Miners and, and can they score more than 13 points? Yeah, I, that's a great, good question. You know what I mean? And, and look how many points they scored today. But to say that they didn't have those opportunities, um, you know, is out the window. So they had their chances to really uh, to really surpass that mark, and they just didn't get it done. 505-6009 as we continue here on Minor Talk 600 ESPN. I'll pass on Twitter. More to get to. Jonathan Byers, not that much variety at receiver. Defense absolutely did not show out. They sucked. Dimmel mixed in some short passes with deep passes. Maybe maybe the only thing I can add to your list. Uh, I get this is uh, from Jonathan Byers. Uh, I don't agree with him whatsoever at variety of receivers. Not not that much of variety of receiver. Come on, man. 
you got to at least have spread the wealth. And you had ten receivers catch a pass for yeah. you. What do you, what game are you watching, Jonathan? I I don't understand this one right here from you. Um, and, and you're you're pretty good at this one, uh, JB. I, I I just don't get it. We saw Jeremiah Ballard today. We saw more Kelly Arcari today. We saw Marcus Bellon, who we didn't expect to even see in, in the you know the the past That's couple true. games whatsoever. We saw Walter Don catch passes out of the backfield. We saw Ray Flores catching passes left and right. So I think we did see a variety of receivers across the board for UTEP. Ten different receivers. Uh, and you heard Dana Dimmel after the game say he wants to try to get to seven. And they got to more than seven. So uh, one of the other things I want to bring up today, Sal, and I, I think you probably noticed this as well, just seemed like a lot of minors going out. I mean, yeah. it was injuries. It was guys getting hit, get, getting uh, roughed up in this game. I know that head coach Dana Dimmel sounded optimistic when it came to injuries that could be lingering over this group, aside from linebacker Jerome Wilson, who entered the locker room. That's the one that I'm worried about the most. They are already very thin at the linebacker position. No James Neal. Of course, no Breon Hayward right now. And uh, you're just having to manage in what you can use on the linebacker spot. They had to use Cal Wallerstedt today, who actually had a sack. He didn't play bad today at all. Mm -hmm. But uh, Jerome Wilson leaving uh, at an already thin linebacker spot. That's a huge loss for UTEP, and uh, that's one of the things I worry about, Sal. How healthy really is UTEP? Ray Flores went out at one point in this game. Kobe Hilton went out at one point in this game. That's a huge loss if they lose him. Uh, you got to have all your guys healthy, and uh, I couldn't, I, I can't call this game a perfect game for UTEP when it comes to trying to avoid injuries. And You know what? I think um, for in my opinion, because we don't know the diagnosis yet, but just kind of judging off of the energy, not only from uh, from Demo, but the rest of the coaching staff, I think they feel a little bit optimistic as to how they came out today. Some guys did go out of the game, don't get me wrong, but I don't think that it's going to be anything that'll be lingering for the long term. Good. And, you know, which is what you really want. You don't want anybody exactly. to get hurt in the first place. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't really know how to feel too much about it just yet, but if I had to put a percentage, I, I think it was a, a little bit of a victory today. Yeah. In, in that sense, but still, any type of injury is a bad one. Well, especially knowing how many guys went out on plays. Like, Ray Flores grabbing in his hamstring, grabbing his mm. leg grabbing his knee. You had Kelly Arcari grabbing his hand. You had uh, Kobe Hilton grabbing his hand. You, you had even Gavin Hardison come out after one hu- uh, tough hit. He's grabbing his shoulder. So it's just like all these little things. It's bruises right there for UTEP. Fortunately enough, hopefully, according to Coach Dana Dimmel, and not serious injuries to any yeah. of these players. And I think that's the story of for UTEP football, right? Year after year. It's a test to the depth that this team has. Because we know what the ones can do. When the ones are on, they're usually on. Like they're really helping out this team have success. But when it comes to the twos for this team, that's where the depth starts getting tested at the mm-hmm. linebacker position. We're talking about threes and fours playing yeah. now. Yeah. And the linebacker spot is uh, was supposed to be one of the bright spots for the exactly. defense going in this year. And That's now, right. um, you know, we talked about the depth before the season, how how deep this team can be, but it's slowly starting to diminish week in and, and week out. So, uh, man, it, it's a tough break, especially when uh, you want the D-line to be performing to take some of that pressure off. But the first two weeks, it, it just hasn't happened. My defensive player of the game for sure is Kobe Hilton, who had uh, eight total tackles at the point when he went out of the game. He was leading UTEP in total tackles. He had a forced fumble as well. How about Justin Prince? Only plays oh, a half. Only plays a single half of this game because he was uh, he, he dealt with a uh, half suspension due to a targeting call from last week's game. To- Ten total Total tackles for Justin Prince, seven solo, leads the minors. He had an exceptional game as well. Uh, Tyrese Knight, he's just asked to do too much right now. I feel bad for the linebacker mm-hmm. for the minors, standout linebacker. He's just a- simply asked to do too much right now. Uh, James Neal played in place of uh, Jerome Wilson, so uh, that that was something to keep an eye out for moving forward. As far as tackles for losses, Cal Wallerstead, uh, Jadrian Taylor, those were the two guys who came up with sacks, but only two sacks again today. Today. I know last week zero sacks, this week two sacks. The defensive line, which is the strong point of this defense, has to do more in disrupting quarterback Sal. You know what? I'll, I'll say this. With the defensive line, 
what they did today on, on those two sacks on uh, on Gabriel were impressive. And the reason why I say this is because what got away from them last week was just, uh, you know, guys slipping by. Them not being able to seal the deal when they were in position to right. make a play. And today for them to kind of, you know, close that gap and, and get those sacks uh, was huge, especially because one of them came at a, at a, at a crucial point in time where the Miners could have made some more noise. But I, I did like that today. Let's shift it over to some awards today, Sal. And let's talk about um, one of my favorite play, which was which capped off the longest drive of this uh, game as well. It is a it, it is a touchdown drive from Ronald Awa. And now let me let me preface this by saying this: Gavin Beckley, kicker for the Miners, uh, he struggled last week to make a forty plus yard field goal in wind. Uh, he had wind going against him. Today he makes a forty eight yarder that was close. I mean, a very close forty-eight yarder that you know you can argue he should have missed that one, and then he makes his career-long fifty-four. When he made that one, I was like, "Wow!" I, I, Gavin Beckley, who had not hit a fifty-yarder before like this, career-long with a fifty-four-yarder. Uh, I was impressed with that one right there um, in a big way, Sal. But the the play of the game, of course, it capped off an, a ten-play. 85-yard touchdown drive, uh, and it was, of course, it was uh, Gavin Hardison setting everything up, and then running back Ronald Awad closes it out with this touchdown run. Hardison under center, eye backfield. Hardison gives right side, Awad, he's at the goal line, and Awad is into the end zone. It's a touchdown, Miners, Ronald Awad. And Ronald Awad, that is our play of the game presented by Specs Wine Spirits and Finer Foods. They have been a Texas family-owned destination for selection and savings since 1962. Specs is your one-stop shop with literally thousands of wine, spirits, and beers at everyday lower prices. Whether you're watching the UTEP game, like we were right now, or if you're soaking up the last rays of the summer sun, Specs has you covered with lower prices on Texas' largest selection. If you're looking up to freshen up your happy hour skills with some new seasonal cocktails, just go to specsonline.com for a ton of recipes handpicked by the Specs Mixology experts themselves. Big shout out to Specs for joining us here on Minor Talk. Now for our Oscar Arietta Agency drive of the game, uh, I'm, I'm just going to give this award to Gavin Beckley, capping off a, a field goal that really shouldn't have been his. Uh, 11 play, 38 yard drive. Miners try to get a desperation field goal early in the fourth quarter and this is what happens thanks to kicker Gavin Beckley he has never made one of this lane there's the snap it's down Beckley's kick height distance and it's good Beckley has made the longest of his career his second on the day Big job, big kick there by uh, Gavin Beckley, and great job by him um, going two for two for his field goals. What would you think of Gavin Beckley's performance today, Sal? You know what? I thought it was awesome, um, especially because in the first half, you know, it obviously were the first points, uh, you know, right. to, for Beckley. But uh, for him to continue what is expected of a, of a great season of him, um, you know, game number two. I know he did miss one last week, but you expect this from Gavin Beckley and for him to come through and get his longest field goal of his career. And if I'm not mistaken, I have to look at the records, but I don't know if he crept into fourth or third all time um, in field goals made as a wow. So, so good um, to know he, he's adding to his leg. See, but this is something that you you got to expect from a guy who is uh, one of the bright spots uh, returning this year. Got to keep an eye out for that stat as far as career yeah. points. I'm looking forward to that one right there. Uh, defense showed flashes in this game. I'm not going to give them two. I, I don't know what we could take away from this one. It, there's just not a lot of positives, not a lot of negatives. Just don't know what to take away defensively. Time of possession went in UTEP's favor. Shout out to Sean Kugler. He would have loved today's game for UTEP. Uh, only <laughs> one turnover for the Miners, and that was in garbage time, which is a success. And you're going to like this one, Sal. Last week was uh, a struggle, to say the least, when it came to penalties. Today, for the Miners, two penalties, 20 yards. That's it for UTEP. Yeah, I one like of them came at a bit bad time, though. That yeah. pass interference one, that yeah. one was terrible. <laughs> it, it definitely was, but... Uh I don't want to say piece by piece, but at least today we saw them attack one thing and be better at something that's plagued them uh, for some time. Yeah, it was like a Dylan Gabriel pass to the end zone. Elijah mm-hmm. Johnson, he picks it off, but then he gets called for pass interference. I thought it was questionable, but he still moved his hips a little be- uh, a little yeah. back. So, well, yeah. 
I don't know. The, the tough part is is that the the play call uh, was overturned and, and it got called back. Right? Exactly. That, that that's the worst part about it. But what I do like is the willingness to try and make that type of play anyway. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, Sal. Um, another one uh, as far as things to clean up for the miners, they really need to get off third downs on defense. Uh, I, I can say this over and over, and I'm not going to get tired of doing it. Running the football, get this stat: they gain just point not not one yard. yards per rush, Sal. So they weren't even gaining a yard every time they were carrying the ball. And that's, at one point in this game, I think they were like negative 20 in terms of the rushing yards. Uh, They finished the game with just 28 yards of rushing. That's unacceptable at at, at any degree. Well, I think those numbers, as bad as they are, um, I want to say it's a little bit of a misnomer because I don't know if they're considering the sacks as part of uh, rushing. Sure, they do. They do. So so, uh, Hardison, minus 34, and our Kari, he who's blown up on a jet sweep that was minus yeah. six, so that that definitely hurt the miners. It, it does in the average sense, but even then, though, when you look uh, aside from it, a Watt three point three, Hankins two point five. I mean, you expect these guys to be somewhere in the four or five range. I know that they went up against Oklahoma tonight or today. I don't know why I say that. Uh, no worries. But, but with Walker, though, he averaged four and a half today on two for nine. So yeah, that that stat was a little bit of a misnomer. However, you still don't feel as confident when I read you the averages that they did finish without that. Okay. Also, Brownholtz and uh, Hardison sacked for nine times combined. It was Brownholtz one, Hardison eight. I mean, mm. that just can't happen. I, I don't care if you're playing Alabama. That can't happen. Yeah. It- and a lot of that is because um, you know guys are holding on to the ball just a little bit too long. Yeah, it's Hardison there on, on that front, Sal. Uh, and then they allow 259 rushing yards. That's a tough one right there uh, for UTEP's defense. they got to get better when it comes to the run defense. Uh, and, and now that's a great segue that where we can talk a little bit about New Mexico State. Turning the page, looking ahead to next week, and, uh, and seeing where this is as we wind things down and as we get you ready for some Chihuahuas baseball action coming up here at the bottom of the hour with voice of the Chihuahuas Tim Haggerty. Aggies come into next week's Battle of I-10, 0-2 on the season. They've They've kind of juggled between two starting quarterbacks, Diego Pavia, who is more of the dual threat quarterback. I would kind of, I would kind of think he's more of a, Cav, a Calvin Brownholtz quarterback. Like he he prefers to run the ball. He's not going to throw a crisp pass for you uh, typically. So I think he's that kind of quarterback. Gavin Frakes is the guy to me. Um, if Jerry kills serious about winning this game, it's it's Gavin Frakes in my eyes. Uh, and you sprinkle in the run game here and there. However. However, and this has to be said, I don't trust any of those receivers. Like, zero. Like, not a single one of them. And maybe it was just the Minnesota game. Maybe I I put too much stock into just one game that I got to watch from pretty much start to finish. But I I just was not impressed whatsoever with the receivers. And defensively for uh, New Mexico State, I think they did a nice job as far as maybe, like, stopping the run at times. Um, You know, they they just allowed – actually, and I also like what their secondary does. So I think that's going to be an interesting matchup for the Miners to go up against but we'll we'll see what ends up happening for this one this is this is an interesting game where a lot's at stake on both sides between the Aggies and the Miners battle of I-10 must win for UTEP that's the you, there's no other way to put it yeah in typical fashion right two teams who desperately need a, a change to what's transpired so far this season and we're definitely going to find out on the 10th Adrian I'm really excited because I know I said this on the first and text uh, first and 10 segment I said it earlier today but I'm really interested in these next four games and this is gonna be that first leg out of four right can they get it done against new mexico state can they ride that momentum against uh, new mexico but i don't even want to continue because why am i going to continue on with the rest of those games when the first one is against new mexico state and the confidence is not as it was now um when you were when we were previewing the season you know on the first minor talk podcast sure sure i I completely agree with you there sal uh joe chacon checks in on twitter definitely feel better about today's game need to work on football basics though tackling needs to be better getting the ball from the center to the quarterback should be dramatically improved quarterback needs to get rid of the ball to avoid costly sacks Say that again. Uh, on the plus, Hardison had time to throw the ball. The coverage was just really good. You would think that there would have been more holding calls, but the offensive line played smart. Ball distribution was a big improvement. Shout out to our kicker. Hashtag minor talk. Hashtag Brock is my OG. Hashtag repping from Colorado now. 
Good for you, Joe Chacon. <laughs> All right. I like it. Um, hey, Joe brings up great points as far as his first one. Just the small things. It's snapping the ball properly. It's you know tackling a little bit better. I'm, ri- I'm with him on that one. Just wrapping up, simple wrap-ups instead of getting juked out by every single running back from Oklahoma. Um, and then the quarterback definitely needs to be uh, better about getting the, uh, the ball out of his hands. So that's a, a real good point there by Joe Chacon. Running down the Conference USA scoreboard, which is real interesting right now, Ohio upset alert. They're up twenty-seven to seventeen against Florida Atlantic, which I thought the Owls looked great last week. Coming out a little sluggish in this game on the road, down ten uh, going into the fourth quarter. Here, are you surprised by that? Ohio Maction over here beating up on FAU, or did you not no. really drink the Kool Aid for the Owls? No, man, I'm not surprised at all because uh, we're looking at a Max school against a Conference USA school. You know what I mean? That's what it. Man, that's so sad. Yeah. Where's Conference USA right now? The bottom of of this all all of college yeah. football. It has to be. It has to be because the joke of the of college um, of conferences in, in FBS was the Sun Belt back in the day. Right. You know what I mean? I'm Con- with you. Conference USA was what people think the American is now. And obviously, American wasn't around at that time because uh, Conference USA preceded it. But still, though, the, the point is, is that as time's gone on, People don't really care to even play a Conference USA team. And if they do, um, people who are getting to see a Conference USA for the first time, a Conference USA team, they're getting blown out on whatever network they're on. I'm with you there, Sal. I'm looking. I'm trying to find another conference. I'm trying to create a conference in my head. I'm yeah. looking at all the conferences right here in front of me. I'm thinking, is the Big Sky FBS? No, it's not. Is the Big South FBS? Oh no, gosh. it's not. Is the Athletic Atlantic Sun? And the crazy part about this, and I'm sure you'd agree with me, Sal, I think some of these teams could actually beat Conference USA teams. Yeah. I think the like uh, if you're if we're talking about the Southland Conference or those teams like where Sam Houston State currently plays, those yeah. teams could beat UTEP or or some of the conference well, USA teams. Sam Houston State's one of the top teams in um uh Yeah, I, FCS. I yeah. FCS, there we go. Yeah, and I think they they had an upset over – I don't know who they upset, but it was like the number three team or something like that. So that's wow. a team that brings prestige. And they're joining Conference USA in the future, so I wouldn't feel too uh, too too confident if somebody doesn't know about them and they expect to win against them or an, or an easy game. Speaking of Conference USA's brilliance right now, James Madison is up 37 to nothing against Middle uh. Tennessee. James Madison, by the way, barely promoted to FBS. They were FCS, mm-hmm. so that's uh, – for everybody out there, uh, NCAA Division II, uh, or 2A, I should say, that's what people used to remember it. Now it's called FCS. They're up 37 yeah. nothing in the third quarter. That's, that's awful, well, Sal. You want it to get worse, Adrian? How about uh, this one here? FAU, FIU barely getting past Bryant. How about William and oh Mary my gosh. beating Charlotte uh, yesterday? Yeah, that's right. William and Mary. Oh, man, I'm pressing the panic button if I'm the Charlotte 49ers. Will Healy, he is on the hot seat in a big way for Charlotte. Uh, he will not be back next year in my my prediction, especially their move to the AAC. They're yep. not going to keep them going into a better conference next year. No way. No. Uh, they're going to be the worst team in that league, no, no doubt about it. Hey, that's going to wrap things up for us here on Minor Talk. For Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Bradas. Thank you so much for listening to a, an abbreviated edition of Minor Talk. Coming up next. Next, Chihuahuas Baseball, voice of the Chihuahuas, Tim Haggerty, will have the pregame show for you right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.